Anchornauts, good Sunday evening to you. Thanks for listening. We have a great, great show tonight. I want to talk about the guy that everyone is talking about, Mr. Donald J. Trump, and his relationship with Twitter and what he is actually doing for Twitter in terms of their stock price, as well smartphone design. Back when I was doing my undergraduate, watching the Apple event was a big deal. What's the phone going to look like? Is it a metal back or glass back? What shape is it going to be? Well, smartphone design is dead. We're going to get into that and why we should all be thankful for that. As well, I'm a little bit late on this one, but I still want to cover it off. Amazon is moving its headquarters. They're building a new headquarters somewhere in North America, and it's going to be 50,000 people big, and they're doing an RFP for it. And if you've ever written an RFP before, that is a terrifying thought. And we're going to get into that a little bit. As well, last but not least, have you heard of the zone? The zone's kind of like the sports Netflix. Netflix for sports is how they advertise themselves. Well, they just came up here in Canada, and they launched, and they do all the NFL online streaming. And it's been kind of a, a hiccupy start, but I was listening to some analysts complain about it today, and I want to talk about how easy it is to game the media and why I just don't put any stock in what some of these people say, except for the experts, of course. That's tonight's show. Without further ado, let's, let's get into it. First things first, Mr. President of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump. Now, full disclosure, I do not like to talk politics on the show. It's way too polarizing. I'm on the right. I'm on the left. I'm Democrat, Republican. I don't care. If you're going to talk politics on the show, it's going to be fun or interesting. And in this case, it's very interesting. So I'm a big Twitter fan, and I know no one else listening to the show is, but I still like Twitter. It's where I go for my sports updates, to contact people once in a while, to see what's going on in the news. It's a, it's a very... I call it like the only social platform for real discussion because you don't have that on Facebook. You've got crazy aunts and uncles on Facebook that just annoy you to death. And people just kind of share photos and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But Twitter is where people outside of YouTube comments interact and discuss things. Well, Twitter's kind of been a mess for a while now. And I don't know if you can pay attention to this stuff, but I do. It's been like, it peaked in like 2011, 2012. People aren't using it. The platform's not growing. It's just been very, very stagnant. And if I was an investor in Twitter, which I'm not, I would be terrified. Oh, my goodness. My platform's not doing anything. People are using Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook. Oh, but what are we going to do? And lo and behold, the president of the United States uses this tool that you can't seem to get right for policy reasons. And he tweets out thoughts and memes and whatever he needs to do. But the president of the most powerful country in the world, arguably, is using it to communicate to people, to dignitaries, people all over the world to tell about their policy. And so if I'm on Twitter, I'm like, this is sick. This is sick because you've given us some real value here, and we're, you're not going anywhere for the next three years. Oh, maybe he will. I don't know. But let's assume that he's not going to. I saw an article in Bloomberg that said Donald J. Trump has given Twitter about $2 billion worth in overall like cap revenue, like what the, the, what the business is worth overall, which is insane. It's insane that this guy who just tweets crazy stuff all day can bring $2 billion worth of value to a company they can't seem to get anything right. And that is the world we live in in 2017. And I think it's amazing. So if you are Twitter, you're part of their board of governors and you're listening to this, you've got a small window here to get it right. Because as soon as Donald J. Trump is no longer president in the next four or eight or less years, people are going to expect things from you. And you're not going to have the same outlet and the same platform and the same voice that he's giving you now. So go ahead and fix it. $2 billion bucks, Man. And that's crazy. Let's do a quick hit 
on smartphones. Now, everyone and their dog heard about Apple's iPhone 8, 8 Plus, and iPhone 10 last week with a bezel-less screen and all these features that if you're an Android user, unlike me, you are complaining saying, like, listen, we've been doing this stuff for years. It's not cool, but Apple's doing it, so now it's cool. And you get really frustrated and overwhelmed. But I remember when announcements for phones used to be all about phone design. What's the new iPhone going to look like? And I can remember when the iPhone 4 was launched, I was sitting in university, and I was losing my mind about the retina display and the glass front and back and how it appeared. But now, if you've noticed this, almost every single smartphone is kind of moving the same way, where you've got this massive bezel-less screen, and that's it. Everything else is on the inside. Like, how amazing is this screen? And then it's the internals and the operating system. And it's kind of like the end of an era, really. Because you know, moving forward, that the only thing that's going to change is going to be the camera, maybe the screen quality, and that's kind of it. It'll be faster, it'll be better. All the internals will be better in the software. But design is dead. Like, I, no one cares what the back of your phone looks like. It's going to be glass or something like glass so that you can do pla or wireless charging. I guess plastic works for that, too. But, but it, it, the overall design, it, it, it's finished. It's finished. And let's just take a moment of silence to remember back in the day when smartphone design meant something. You know what I'm talking about. The Motorola Razr version 3. How amazing was that? The LG Chocolate came around the same time. The, that Nokia brick phone that the entire world is still using. That is now considered recent history. It's no longer around. It's all about bezel-less, big, small, bright screens moving forward. What are we going to fight about? I guess it's just about the operating system now. In Canada, the streaming service DAZN, quote, the Netflix for sports, now has the streaming rights to the NFL. And the NFL launched last week, and to great fanfare, DAZN launched. It was the only way you could watch online or even on TV unless it was on a local cable channel. And people were mad. Why? Because the service wasn't perfect. And people were complaining, saying, hey, this isn't working here, or the, the quality's wrong. I guess some streams were playing the Spanish channel of ESPN that was covering the game. Anyway, I don't want to talk about DAZN necessarily, because, well, it just launched here. And if you've used DAZN worldwide in the UK or down in America, you guys have, you've had DAZN for years, and it's worked great. And I'm up here watching the NFL for $15 a month, and I get access to Red Ticket and all these games. Amazing. Well, I was listening to a local sports show on the radio, and you're like, the radio, Greg? Why are you listening to the radio if you're on Anchor? And these two pundits, if I can call them that, were on there just berating zone and the NFL for making this decision to work together. They're like, NFL, why would you go for such a chump organization? Why would you invest all this money, or why would you take all this money from them and let them represent your brand? To which I'm like, guys, like zone is established all over the world. They have, I believe it's hockey and baseball down in the States, and they're only going to be getting more because it's a good service. And yeah, it launched in the NFL for the first time up here in Canada, and it didn't work very well week one, but they're going to fix it because they're professionals, and you could argue they're the best in the world to do this. And it was so aggravating listening to these two go off on what I thought were just kind of ignorant lies, maybe not lies, but just ignorant comments, that I was, I was like, I considered pulling my car over and tweeting them and just kind of yelling at them, asking if they get paid and saying things rude. And I was a bit overtired, so I didn't do it. But it reminded me of a story of why I think, at least in my city, the media can sometimes be a bit, you know, like, have you ever wondered who's talking on these shows on the radio or on TV? 
Like, who gets picked for them? And who says so-and-so gets a, a chance to talk about the zone in the NFL? Because, well, he knows the guy who's doing the show, or he has a business or, or whatever. Like, sometimes it's it's kind of shady. So I knew a guy, this is back when I, in my agency life, I knew a guy who was, I'll quote, in with the media. Like, he knew the, the reporters and the people doing the shows, and they kind of went to him as first contact for a lot of things. And they were looking for people to talk about Netflix. And he's like, hey, Greg, you like Netflix, don't you? And I said, yeah. He's like, well, so-and-so, CBC Radio is doing a spot on people that stream Netflix illegally, as in back in the day when you can get the American version. And they want to know if you'll go on the show. And I'm like, sure. And so I was on the show as an expert in illegal American streaming up here in Canada. And it was like the weirdest thing of like, I'm not an authority. I'm just convenient. But here I am on a platform to thousands of people talking about Netflix and how to do it illegally and the best shows to watch. I literally, and I'm not lying about you about this. I literally Googled the best shows to watch because he asked. He said, hey, what are some unique shows to watch? And I was like, well, what, like, what was I thinking? Like Orange is the New Black, House of Cards, like all the classics. But I was Googling ones that were foreign that you could watch. You couldn't watch the Canadian ones. Anyway, it reminded me about this the zone comment because I'm like, anyone can have a, a platform to say their piece, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're right. So if you're listening to this and you hear bad things about the zone, it'll get better. It's fine. Just breathe deep, relax, and remember the next time you see someone talking on TV or on the radio, they might not be an expert. I'm still fired up talking about the zone. These guys were saying that the NFL should have put the NFL back on TV. Forget about it. Get over it. Move on. You're old. You're dinosaurs. I'm, oh, anyway, anyway, if you've ever worked for a business that where you where they win business by writing RFPs, then you know where I'm coming from on this. Because I used to work in the agency world, and RFPs were just kind of a fact of life. You know, a, a new piece of business would come up. They put on an RFP, and you'd spend days, sometimes weeks, if it's, if it's a big one, a month. Plus, creating all the documents in this ask for this RFP, doing the math, the creative, and then you would go and you would submit it. And if you were lucky enough, you'd have a chance to pitch it. You were the top three. You would pitch it live and you would showcase what you had done. And they would say, meh, 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 or yes, we pick you. And what I learned after countless unsuccessful pitches is that, oh, a lot of these businesses already have the winners picked. Yeah, they already have the winners picked. And some of them just have, they just go to RFP because they have to, right? If it's a government organization, every three years they have to go for RFP. And they're like, okay, we're just going through the process. Then I realized, oh my goodness, I'm wasting my time trying to win this business. Like, is there a shot that we could blow it out of the water and they would pick us? Yeah, I guess there is a shot. And we did win, I think, one where they took a, a chance on us and it, it didn't work out that well. But nine, 99 times out of 100, you do not win that because the relationship's already there. To which I thought, when I heard Amazon is doing an RFP to build a new headquarters somewhere in North America for 50,000 of its workers, I wanted to have just like a massive shudder thinking about the people that had to write and prepare this RFP. Because I don't think there's anything, anything that Calgary, Alberta, or Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, or well, let's say a smaller place like Kansas City is going to win over to, to get Amazon to move all these workers in this spot, right? They're going to pick New York or Boston. They can pick, pick a massive center, Miami or Florida or, or whatever it is. I can't see them moving 50,000 of their best workers to some random spot just because. So we, we, could you imagine making this RFP? It would be 
insanely large. Like I don't even want to think about the reams of paper you would need to write this RFP. And oh man, being tasked to write an RFP for two years, knowing full well you're not going to win, it's just I just I just get overwhelmed thinking about it. So if you're out there and you're writing this RFP and you're not in a major center, I'm going to say probably in America, yeah, you should just quit. You could just quit and invest that. 24 months of your life into something else. You heard it here first. Just quit. Wow, we did it. We made it all the way through the show. And for you regular listeners, some of you, and by some of you, I mean probably one person. And by one person, I mean just me. You're wondering, wait, where's question of the day? Well, it was Sunday. Sunday, no question of the day. I'm not asking questions. I'm just talking stories. Thank you for listening if you made it this far. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here. And for that, I'm thankful. This is The Dipstick. My name is Greg Moore. I will see you tomorrow. Toodaloo. We're doing this. We're keeping it up. More stories tomorrow. Favor the station. Tell your friends. We're making it happen. I'm ranting. It's too long. I'm so tired. I'm just going to bed. Peace.